everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tide Chasers Podcast. This one's going to take on a little lighter uh, lighter mood as our last one had a little somber feeling to it. Uh, very excited to welcome our, our guest today. But first off, you can find us on Facebook at Tide Chasers Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Tide underscore Chasers, as well as all of our uh, links to the podcast links is in our bio where you can what podcast we're on. Um, I'd like to welcome my my co-host Qua over there today. How you doing, Qua? What's going on, everyone out there in the podcast world? Yeah, we're all over the place. I just got back from vacation. Qua's down down south fishing for some mighty uh, big fish, and uh, we got a guest on today that all he does is catch big fish. It seems. I'd like to welcome uh, my my buddy Medell Medrano from Virginia Beach at Cloud Break Mods on on Instagram. How you doing, Medell? Good, man. Good to be here, guys. I came from vacation, too. Was out yeah, in Utah, man. not fishing. <laughs> not fishing? <laughs> Hanging out in 116-degree weather, man. It was absolutely ridiculous. And they, they call it a dry heat, but, dude, 116 116. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> uh, that's, that is too far away from water for me. No, we were near water. It's just, dude, you just want to be in it and not doing anything other than that. So. So what's yeah. that? You're, so you're out there in Utah. What's that big lake with the stripers out there? Uh, gosh, I can't think about it. But they have like a crazy striper fishery in the middle of Utah. Uh, the yeah, one, yeah. the one by Vegas, I believe. Uh, it's a it'll crazy. Come, it'll come to me. It'll, it'll come. come. It's that crazy yeah. reservoir. Yep. Well, Medrell, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Medell, I'm sorry. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, I've I've been following along your uh, your ride uh, as you've jumped into uh, fishing pretty recently, but you're killing it. So why don't you give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of insight on how you got into fishing, how long ago you started, and, and what got you there? What what got you uh, interested in the sport? Uh, you know what? It was my kid. Uh, about three and a half years ago, he wanted to learn how to fish. You know, I was watching some YouTube channel, and it's like I, I want to do this. And I looked at my wife, who grew up in Florida. You know, she lived on the intercoastal and was used to uh, grew up fishing right off the dock. And I said, Look, that's your thing, because that's not me. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what to do. The only thing I knew how to do growing up was throwing a cast net. You know, uh, growing up in a Filipino household, everybody knows how to throw a cast net, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, yeah, it wasn't my thing. So she took him out to uh, one of the, the inlets real, real close to the house and took him out and threw whatever it was they were throwing it was double drop rig with some fish bites and kept getting snagged up you know trip after trip after trip they couldn't get anything so i was like ah oh, really didn't want to have to do this you know, I, I, honestly i had no interest you know, i've always been a water guy you know surfing and uh always around water had to be it's just kind of my life but didn't have any interest in fishing until i started taking them Right. So we would go to actually it took a little while longer than that. I would take them to the pier because I didn't know anything. We throw those same exact rigs down there. We wouldn't get snagged up. I would just sit there and hang out, talk, which was nice. But, um, you know, we'd wait for something to bite. We'd pick up some spot here and there, but it was few and far between. And it wasn't my thing. We did that for a couple of months. I wouldn't consider that my start, you know. So eventually saw another YouTube video and wanted to go bass fishing. So I said, all right, so let's figure this one out. <laughs> so it was all, it all centered around my son. You know, we figured out bass fishing a little bit easier. 
um, started catching instead of just showing up and, and throwing it out there and waiting around. And it was that active, you know, hunt for the fish that really intrigued me, you know, trying to figure it out, what to throw, when to throw, how to retrieve, all those little puzzle pieces that we started to figure out, that's what hooked me, absolutely hooked me into fishing. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like uh, the, the active fishing is what did it for me. I was never a big bait and weight guy. Yeah. Once I get into, once I got into fishing for art with artificials and everything, it kind of, kind of brought everything together for me. Now there's a few fish that I target that way, just out of necessity, like sheep's head and such. But yeah, you know, if I don't have to use bait, I will do everything possible to avoid it. You know, it's just 100% with you. It's like a mind game, right? You're, you're trying to trick a fish into eating something it normally wouldn't eat. Whereas you, okay. if you're fishing with bait, you're feeding the fish at that point. And my, is the way I look at it. So, well, now, you if, can, anyway, I have a question. Um, how old was your son when he was interested in this? Uh, he was about five years old. Well, you know, he was four years old when we got him his first cast, that little three-footer. And okay. so he was playing around with that. But he wasn't pulling me out there yet, you know? When, when was uh, the actual age he started pulling you out? And my question is, whose YouTube channel was he watching? Catfish and Carp was where he started. And wow. then it became John B. Um, and really it became all the channels anything that he could any content he could find that interested him he was all over him. and just 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 as a little heads up for everybody out there listening medell's son has a instagram page and this kid is catching some pretty impressive fish as well so we're going to give medell's son a plug here we're going to bring it up a little bit later as well but he is at adventure camden on instagram he's a killer little fisherman my son follows him we we show each other pictures back and forth and Obviously, he gets out a lot more than my, my son does, but it's 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 a really cool thing what you're doing with your kid there, and I, I, I dig it, man. I really do. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, he has a blast, and that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah man. So you've been fishing for what now? Three years? It'll, uh, I mean, you include bass fishing. It's been a little over three years, um, but really, for saltwater, it's, I didn't really get a start until I got my first kayak. Gotcha. And that was... October 2018, you know? Yeah, all right. Um, and it all started because we were at this dock just casting out, waiting and baiting in saltwater because we still had no idea what we were doing. I mean, Camden's got more species than I do, right? <laughs> so he's catching pups and, and little tiny little trout off of this dock in Linhaven, uh, a boat ramp at Linhaven. And my buddy, for, I've known for like 30 years, had no idea he fished rolls up in this big old Hobie PA, uh, you know, pro, ang pro angler. And I was like, man, that, that would open up a whole lot of territory for us. It took me a while to actually commit to buying something like that, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I found one at Great Outdoor Provision Company, local kayak shop, local outdoor shop, and picked it up. It was a Hobie Compass, same thing that you have. Yeah, I love my compass, man. Yeah. I, I had I actually my my second kayak, my third kayak was a was a, actually a Hobie Pro Angler 14, PA 14. And honestly, I can get more done with the compass than I could with the PA just because I can I can do it deal with it myself. I don't need a trail or anything else. So it that that kayak is so versatile for for most waters. Like like I was telling you before we we hopped on here, I, I had it out the Oregon Inlet, uh, the bridge there in Oregon Inlet, which it's kind of a sketchy place to fish from a kayak, but it, it, it did well. And 
you know, I love that thing. I could just pop it on my roof and get going. I, we've we've passed passed cross paths a couple yeah, times yeah. on the beach. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. I, I love it. So so you've you've started off like with some pretty incredible success. Now, do you what do you what do you attribute that to? So I you know obviously your son was watching the YouTube videos. Did you kind of take on like watching YouTube videos to kind of learn that way, or did you do more trial and error on your own? No, I did a little bit of YouTube and uh, YouTube video watching, but a majority of what I've learned, well, the basics of what I've learned was from the group of friends that I had for, you know, over 30 years that I had no idea fish. We all got together and started fishing together. So, I mean, some of the basic stuff like, hey, throw these, I strike jig heads. They're better than these. You know, my guys got me into those things. Um, You should throw this you know, for striper, you should throw this for trout. You know, I mean, our first day out on my brand new slightly used kayak that I bought from Great Outdoor, um, our first day out, we caught a mess of trout. But this was 20, fall 2018. It was after the freeze. So everything was super tiny, you know, but it was, I mean, I caught more trout that day than I had in time, you know, bass that I caught the entire time freshwater fishing beforehand so it was I mean it was unreal it was eye-opening there was a lot of uh, you know a ton of things I learned that day you know how to retrieve what they wanted to see what colors to throw but yeah the basics I learned from those guys and then from there I was like I, I was driven to figure out the rest of the fishery you know figure out how to find more bigger and better fish. Yeah. In our conversations, it seems like you're very uh, detail oriented. Like you, you're the kind of person like me, whereas you take on a task and you want to figure it out as quickly as possible. So you can move on to the next one. If, if, if I, if I'm, if I'm correct there, it seems like you like to learn the ins and outs of the, as opposed to just kind of winging it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wing a lot of it, you know, you <laughs> figure it out, <laughs> but I mean, when, when I say winging it, I mean, I'm, I'm taking mental notes through all these personal experiences and trying to figure out what works when. Um, and I go in with an open mind every time I go out there. I don't have an expectation I'm going to go to this spot because I had them there before. I mean, I figure out, all right, where do I start? And then I go there and I commit to it. Very nice. Now, do you, with the, with the success you've had, do you ever wish you started sooner in the sport? Or are you okay with uh, the start that you got? You know, I, I mean, an easy answer is yes. I wish I had started because I love it so much. I mean, I feel like I missed out on a lot. But at the same time, you know, I've done a lot of things. You know, I had a ton of hobbies, hobbies that still still are my my main hobbies today. I just don't do them as much because of fishing. Right. But surfing, you know, I spent my entire life surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding, golf, all those things. But if I could have started, I mean, I just didn't know, you know, so what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to catch up to all the experiences that I missed out on or potentially missed out on in the past. So Seems like you're I'm doing pretty good. Seems like you're doing pretty good with it all. Now, now you've, your early success has uh, brought on some different opportunities for you as far as like the eye strike thing goes. I see the eye strike hat in the back. We're both on team eye strike. You know, I, I noticed those little details. I'm a, yeah, I'm yeah, a detail yeah. guy, but I see the, uh, the eye straight hat back there. What, what other opportunities has uh, your fishing success brought to you? Like uh, I, I, you're part of the Hobie, uh, Hobie fishing team, correct? Mm-hmm. I am. I am. That's new for this year. 
um, yeah. always wanted to be. And, uh, you know, once it opened up for enrollment for 2021, I hopped on and you know, here I am. But I mean, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of the first uh, sponsors that I had was Great Outdoor Provision Company. They didn't have any team riders at the time. Um, and I asked them if they had a team. They said, yeah, uh, but no. <laughs> Would you like to be on it? I said, sure, absolutely. Uh, great group of people, great retailer. Uh, it's really the only Hobie, out, or Hobie retailer in the, in the area now. A couple of them that shut down mainly because of you know problems with COVID and all that stuff. Yeah. But a uh, great group of guys. And, um, you know, as I gained more experience, actually just a few months after that, I hooked up with DC Sticks. I don't know if you follow him. Uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Unreal fisherman. Really good. But he builds some beautiful custom rods. And he came to me and asked me to be pro staff. I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> no, I don't know about being pro staff. You know, oh, don't worry. It means promotion. I was like, cool. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not like real into the all the big pro staff stuff, but I, I really do. The eye strike thing is a huge thing for me because yeah. I've always used I've used the jigs for years. You know, I, I was paying retail for them and everything. Yeah. So, so I, I believed in the product well before, you know, uh, Dave reached out to me on that. And it's it's just I, I don't use another jig head, really. It's it's all I use. There's different variations for different things and I make it work. So, yeah, um, and then obviously the Hobie thing. Qua, Qua has a Hobie skiff. I have a Hobie. I think that's a big one there too. We had a uh, we had another kayak guy on a couple of weeks ago who's part of the Hobie fishing team up here as well. So right on. yeah, so that's a pretty big that's a pretty big accomplishment there, especially as early on. So congratulations on all that. Thank you. Thank you. Now you do the, doing the bulk of your damage from a kayak. Was it? Did you find difficulties? Was it daunting learning how to fish from a kayak? You know, being that was how you kind of got your start, or did you no. feel? Honestly, I didn't know any better. And to be quite honest with you, it's a heck of a lot better than walking the shoreline and looking for a place that I can access. Um, I thought it was, and I still do, I think it's so much easier, you know, so much easier than being on a boat, skiff, whatever the case may be. You may not be able to cover as much ground as you do in, in a motorized, you know, uh, vessel, but man, you sneak up on this fish and it makes you work all these areas as best as possible. You don't want to waste time. You want to work it as much as possible, understand it, and then move on, you know, if you're not getting what you need there. But it made me understand all the fisheries or all the, the spots that I frequent a lot better than if I was just hopping from one place to another because I've got a 90 horsepower motor on the back of it, you know? Yeah, so, I, I, I'd see that. That's true. Like, I've always seen kayak fishermen. You guys can break down specific areas a lot better than you know guys like me with a flat skiff. We yeah. we usually just power shift. You know, power fish. We'll go through an area, work the points, work the creeks, work the creek mouths. If there's mm -hmm. no fish, we blast off into another section, another sound, another channel. Keeps keep working it. Well, we'll in a day, we'll probably fish to like four or five towns. You know, what I mean, I do. Get out of here. Yeah, so I mean, we were with the kayak. You guys are literally like, all right, well, this is the sound I'm fishing today because you guys planned it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna tear this whole sound apart and pick it out piece by piece and find what I can in here. Yeah, it's harder, but at the same time, it's beneficial because you learn each sound one by one. Absolutely, so, learn it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say from a kayak, and I, I've done a little bit of both, more from a kayak now as of as of recently, but it's a little bit more of a detail oriented type thing. You know, you're, you're looking for minor details, whereas a boat, like you said, Qua, you're power fishing, you're jumping from here to here. 
You know, if you don't get a bite in this spot in five minutes, you're moving to the next spot. Whereas we're looking for little edges around that spot that might have fish, you know, then we're looking for a rock pile close to that spot, or we're looking for, you know, a, a, a marker or something that might hold fish. So we're always like trying to, but like you said, you know, we, we've committed to this area, we got to make it work. Whereas you, you could say, I committed to this area, it's not working and bounce to the next town up. You know, we, we kind of have to uh, kind of have to be more patient, I would say with what, what our processes are. So. Right. For me, I mean, for me to go three miles, it's like five minutes, 10 minutes for you guys to go three miles. It's like, okay. So like, it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like a two hour paddle, three hour paddle to get to go three miles. Me, I'm like, Three miles? Yeah, I got this. I'll shoot over like five, five, ten minutes. I'll be over at three, three miles over and then somewhere yeah. else. So and mind you, I'm still exploring a lot. I mean, I've yeah. grown up around here, but I've only been fishing this area for three years. So I'm hopping around looking for new places to to learn, really. There's a ton of water around here. I had no idea. Oh, it's it's amazing down there, man. I I've I've launched from the Hague, right? Uh -huh. then, right in the, right in that that little area. I've launched all over the place. Like it's yeah. I absolutely love it down there. And honestly, like what you were saying, like backtracking a little bit, you know, it's a whole lot better than on foot. The, 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 the access for a bank angler down there is so limited. I've never seen anything like it. Like you can't fish on the jetties, you can't fish on the bridges, none of that kind of stuff. So it almost forces your hand, right? It almost forces you to either have a friend that has a boat, have a boat or have some kind of uh, some kind of like a plastic floating boat, you know, a kayak of some sort. So yeah. It, and don't get me wrong. We'll put some. We'll put some time out there. I mean, I I think the longest I went was probably seventeen miles. You know, yeah, that's, <laughs> dude. I, I can barely like, walk after that. <laughs> legs, legs feel like noodles after that. Yeah, and but it was I'll, an exploration day, and you know, sadly, we didn't catch anything. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Came back in like spring, that. and we knew it. You know. Exactly. So, I mean, um, you you guys got an amazing fishery down there. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I haven't fished down there when I lived there, but like. From what I hear, a couple of guys like uh, the Run the Marsh boys down there, we talked to them, mm -hmm. and and, the, and some of the guys I know that do fish Virginia that area frequently. You guys have an amazing fishery. You guys get the cobias. You guys get the, the you guys get the stripers. You guys get the yeah. the redfish. You guys you guys get pretty much a good draft of almost everything. Yeah, yeah, big sheephead right now. So everybody's hyping about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys have special place in your heart for them. We're not we're not talking about sheep set on our channel for a while. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's uh, that's gonna be something we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna steer away from just a little bit. Maybe this whole craze of giant sheep's head will just kind of disappear for a while. And let, oh let the, the, the fishery be the fishery will come back to us. Well, we, we could talk about <laughs> We can talk about the Virginia Beach ones. They actually have regulations down there, like smart, right? smart fisheries do. So. But how like how rare is a big one? Like what what's considered a big one for you guys down there? I know I know the uh, the CBBT bridge has like some monsters on them, but like local bridges like in Virginia Beach, do you guys like what do you, what do you guys consider some pretty monsters? You know what? That's that's pretty much it. You know those are that CBBT is pretty much where everybody goes for them. Okay, gotcha. Um, they'll have some on the rocks and in, in like First Street Jetty rocks mm -hmm. uh, right at Rudy Inlet, but I mean they're the smaller ones. Um, I've got a bunch of friends that are catching 26, 27, 28, 29 inch, um, sheep right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah, we uh, we we uh, follow uh, what's his name Jesse from Southern yeah. Real. We had right, that right. day. We had like twelve citations in one day. It's like yeah. video game fishing with that periscope thing he has. Oh man. He's an insane fisherman, but man, he puts in work though. You guys that fish that bridge, you guys put in too much work. I, even, for, even for me with a skiff, I was like, the, the amount of work I'd have to put in a day just to pick up a few, I could imagine. And you guys are on freaking kayaks. That shit, it's like 10 times worse. Oh, it's backbreaking, man. Leaning over, trying to get it down there. I, I, I can't do it. It's, it's, I mean, truthfully, it's not my style of fishing, dropping it down and then, you know, mm-hmm. working it that way. But uh, I did try and I failed. But, uh, you know, last two crabs that I had, drop them down, hooked up both times, just couldn't couldn't make it work. And then I was done. I'd already spent like six, seven hours out there. <laughs> well, I got a secret for you down there. And uh, I got I got some spots that that uh, I, and people aren't fishing for these fish down there. Yeah. And they're, they're smaller. They're, they're more of the eater size fish. If you're trying to harvest any, like I, I, I found them last fall with my buddy and they were literally thick as, as could be on, on some of these spots that we, we ran into. So yeah. we'll talk about that off, off. We'll here. Talk off the line. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> in another spot. So now, now going back to the kayak fishing thing. Now I see that you do a lot of night fishing on your kayak. It just, is that more out of necessity due to your job or is it more of a nighttime is a right time type thing? No, it's a uh, necessity out of the job. It started off that way. And then it's like, wow, you know, this place is wide open at night. There's nobody yeah. out here. I can hear stuff. I can see stuff. And when I first started night fishing, I was incredibly cautious as you should be. Yeah. Um, I had lights, you know, my light on just, you know, so I thought I could see better, but you really can't, I think, blind you. It messes up your night vision. So as I got used to it, I mean, I'm very conscious of other boats around me because, you know, there's other people night fishing as well and power boats. Um, I started turning off the light and going out there completely dark. And it's unbelievable the amount of amount of sound you know the sounds that you hear out there what you can see out there a little bit of calm as long as it's slick calm even if it's not slick calm you can see so much off of the shimmer on the water you can see nervous bait moving around you can see swirls and dude it opens up it's wide open out there as long as as you're cut you become comfortable being out there at night I mean, they're all up near the surface, you know, in the shallows. It's really easy to read. Yeah, I have, I've never actually launched at night. I launched uh, from Linhaven probably like six o'clock in the fall last last year one time. Mm-hmm. And I came back in the dark and it was for me like it's not something I did. So I was like, OK, I don't want to run aground here because you know how that that can get. Oh, yeah. You got to go all the way around and back up to the boat ramp. So. It's kind of, I mean, I have good electronics, but it it, it whips up on you before you even realize it. So for sure. But yeah, well, it's, it's also not your backyard. You right. Know, it's literally three miles or three minutes away from me. Yeah. So I can be in, in the water in five minutes total and off and I can learn that spot and I know it by heart. Um, and I try to, I, I fish five or six different spots at night and I've gotten to know them and I'm very comfortable with it. But once you get used to it, man, you know, I started off as necessity and now I prefer it, to be quite honest with you. Because 
by the time I'm coming in, the sun's coming out, everybody's starting to pile up at the ramp and I've already had a ton of success, you know? Yeah. I've had it all to myself for the most part. There you go. Yeah, that, that time I ran into you and Dan out on the water when we were uh, fishing for redfish, but my buddy I was fishing with, Jason, yeah. uh, last fall we went out, like it was like two o'clock in the morning, we started casting, casting any mullet in the creek there. And, uh, you know, I don't like the, the live bait that much, but we were cutting up pieces of mullet and just throwing them into dock lights. And I got to tell you, that was some of the most fun fishing I've ever done. Like those, yeah. those dock lights down there hold some massive fish. We were catching puppies up to over slots. Like the, the moment the, the, the piece of bait would sink below the, uh, the surface, you'd be tight to tight to a fish. It was so much fun. We were getting, um, we got a couple specks. We got the, the, you know, the red, the redfish puppies up to like 30 inches or so. It was so much fun. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was my, my night fishing experience down there. I, I hope to do that again at some point. I don't know if I'll be able to get to in the fall this year, but. Next time you fun. come up, you and I will go and we'll go to pitch, pitch black waters, right? No dock lights, no nothing. You'll be surprised. No cheating, huh? I mean, yeah, look, that's fun. That's absolutely fun. I'm not calling it cheating. Surprise! <laughs> what happens in the pitch black areas? Let's just put it that way. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. No, I, I'm I'm totally down. I'm I'm gonna be uh, making some more trips down there. That's my that's my second home. I get my my partner here makes fun of me all the time for for going down south to fish, and I I don't care. You're everywhere that. all the time. Yes, I'm all over the place. A lot more than I do. That's for sure. I'm all over the place. Like it's it's crazy. Like I'm running. In, you're like running into you out on, on the road there. It's like, dude, aren't you, don't you live in Pennsylvania? Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you doing here? Bumped into you at Eastern Shore that one time. Yes. Yeah. I think you were on your way. You'd already fished there and you were on your way. No, you were, on, you were going out. And after that, you went down to Charleston. No. So after that, I went down to, uh, that was when my, my father was, uh, was passing away. And uh, I went down to Myrtle beach from there. That's right. Wet weather blew up on me, and uh, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna make the trek down the rest of the way and go see my little brother, and my dad." Yeah. But, yeah, that was like last May or so, I think it was that we uh, we crossed paths there, yep. and then again this year too. So uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a regular non-regular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing. Like I, I I've I've mentioned this to to our buddies here. It's like the the hospitality from everybody down there is amazing. Like I'm I'm an outsider, right? And I'll just, I'll, I'll send a message to somebody like congratulating them on a good fish and this and that and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm looking to come down at some point. Maybe we can link up and they will be, it's amazing how much information people are willing to share. I guess maybe because I am an outsider and they know that I'm going to take care of the fishery while I'm there, but right, right. The, the hospitality I receive when I'm in town, there's amazing. It, I, I have so many people that I, I communicate with down there. Well, that's, and that's, that's great. just the way that town is dude. Virginia beach. It's just, it's just a really friendly town. I mean, there's certain areas that we don't want to walk to, but then there's, <laughs> there's m most of them down there. They're very hospitable. I mean, I've yeah. been down there for three years. It's they're really great folks down there. It's a great, it's a great town. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I, I'm fishing, I'm fishing areas where it's like the security guards coming up to me goes, you know, you're not supposed to be here at midnight, but I see you're fishing. So I'm going to let you go. You didn't see me come through. It's like, it's amazing. I'm like, really? Are you, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that that's okay <laughs> he's like yeah just go ahead just just don't cause any trouble i'm like i'm just fishing buddy there's no trouble here but it's amazing like i i've, I've not experienced that elsewhere up here you have people trying to fight you over the two feet of uh, land you're standing on so oh yeah it's crazy yeah i mean I, like you're fishing. 
I mean, I do want to make my trip down there, you know, with, I do want to tow the skiff down there, I, but it's going to be when you guys, when you guys start picking up those big gator specks and those like big red fish in the back, like in the marshes, then not, then I'm going to come down. Like when it's marsh time, it's my time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I leave the, I leave the, I leave the inlets and stuff to you guys, man. <laughs> I like the, I like the backcountry stuff. I like that stuff too, for sure. Yeah. Medell stays on those big gator specs. He's probably – I've not seen anybody else that I follow with the amount of citations this guy's had, but we'll get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now, Medell, I think you're very similar to me, whereas uh, saltwater would be your first love, whereas freshwater is kind of a time passer at this point. Is that would you, would you, would, would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now, I mean, I yeah. thought when I first started, I thought bass fishing was my thing, you know, but then I got into salt. I was like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. So I'd call yeah. saltwater my, my first love for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always say that, uh, that saltwater is my first love and, uh, the, the freshwater is my side chick. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could definitely tell, look at his background. He's got surfboards, bodyboards, all that stuff back there. You know, salt's been in his blood from the beginning. Yeah, man. But so is there is there an instance like so let's say you have an hour or two to burn. Is there an instance where you say, OK, I'm going to go bass fish or I'm going to go on the salt? Like, what is it that triggers you to go one way or the other with that? I don't know. To be quite honest with you. I mean, I've been I've, last couple of trips been salt, uh, freshwater looking yeah. for bass. Um, it's just whatever I want to do at that point, really. You've been smoking some huge bass, too, lately. <laughs> Getting lucky. <laughs> totally lucky. So yeah. now, now, are there species of fresh and saltwater fish that you're planning to target in the near future that you have yet to catch? Whether yeah, it be man, the- I'd love to get on some snakehead like you. I, I can make that happen for you. All right, let's do that. Yeah, we 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 got to go. We got to travel. You got to travel up a little bit more of the eastern shore, a little bit towards me. But I, I can meet you out there. Meet you. Cool, out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, large is all I know. Really, um, I'd love to get on some smallmouths. Um, um i mean really mostly the uh snakeheads man they look so fun they are fun they are fun i've been fishing for them i think for like nine years now so i I get i get a little burned out on them you know like i i fish them really hard in the spring because i enjoy catching them subsurface personally i'm I'm a subsurface guy i think they fight better subsurface Mm -hmm. but you i'm sure you'll say the same thing but most people live for that top water bite and that that's something that they are uh they are definitely uh fond of and now's the time for that it's it's game on for top water so no as far as um salt water man i'd love to i'd love to go down to florida or somewhere and and find some tarpon some snook and and you know stuff i can't get here basically oh there's snook there there's snook there (laughs) i've seen them call them striper though (laughs) i've seen them i've seen them I was, uh, so I was down, um, I think it was close to the Hampton Bridge Tunnel on the beach there. Uh-huh. And there was guys netting mullet the size of my arm and mixed in were 18 to 24 inch snook. Come on, man. Yeah, it was in October, two years ago. That's hard to believe. I I, I didn't believe it either, but they showed me. Learning, though, so. yeah. They had, they, they while I was there, there was probably four or five snook that were pulled in with those mullet. Hmm. So it was, it was pretty impressive. Now, I have not heard anything else about it since. I've heard of people catching them, supposedly, but I've not seen anything verified with my own eyes. But I was there, 
and saw this with my own two eyes. I saw mullet the size of my arm, and I saw some, I saw some <laughs> I saw some snook mixed in there, and I was like, I mean, they're, I was flabbergasted. They're in the range, man. We get we get tarpon up all the way up here in South Jersey. Okay. No yeah, they're not, I mean, they're not. There's no numbers, but a bunch of the guides have seen them roll here. Yeah. Um, occasionally, they'll see a carcass or two roll up into the beach. So, like I said, that, with this crazy warm water, we're gonna get some crazy pelagics in the next few years, guaranteed. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just this year, we're trying to get decent amount of kings, and like the Spanish are coming more like frequently. They're becoming more and more like like every season fish now before like a Spanish Mac is just like, Whoa, that's something cool. Now it's like, Oh, Spanish Macs are back. Oh, the Spanish are here. <laughs> yeah. The Spanish are here. Yeah. They just, they literally just popped in about a week yeah. or two ago now. And then one of our buddies, who's a charter captain who we had on the show recently, uh, he just picked up a 40 inch uh, redfish right out front in Jersey trolling. trolling. No, and he was, and I think he was trolling for Kings. Yep. And usually when you troll for kings, it's pretty quick. Could you imagine a bull? Fast, yeah. Uh, yeah, could you imagine a bull red coming that fast out of freaking no. troll, a troll lord? He must have been really hungry or it just crossed his face. Yeah, that's probably it. So there's no so as as far as uh saltwater fish in your backyard, is there anything you haven't caught yet that you'd like to from the kayak for, for example? Like maybe a cobia or something like that? Yeah, I've never caught a cobia from the kayak. Well, I've never caught a cobia. I take that back. I was in Lynn Haven Inlet and um, I was casting, looking for reds, and I caught a cobia about this big, <laughs> little teeny baby. I was like, man, I must be in the in the nursery. Yeah, but yeah. No, I just haven't had a chance to go out there. I've been quite distracted with uh, the bulls that, that we've been on recently. Yeah, you've been crushing those things, man. Yeah, it's hard to turn away from. Now, as far as those fish that you have been catching, it seems like you've been like really stacking citations um whether it be the bull reds or speckled trout how many citations do you have of each and if you could only target one moving forward which one would it be uh, um that's hard I've to got, make that, that's hard to make them choose man i know i know um i've got 16 citation trout this spring and um at 13 citation reds um if I had to choose one, I, I'd, I'd have to tell you it's going to be speckled trout. I mean, there's just something special about those guys. I love them, man. I I, I make the trip for those fish. I don't know why. We, we get some up here, but I, I, I'll go down there to catch 40 specks in a day or something like that. It's, it's yeah. so much fun. It's those big ones. I mean, they're just yeah. so... It's, a, it's, a, it's the toilet bowl flush. That's what it is. He's addicted to the toilet bowl flush. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll be going down the shallows looking for them, and you'll literally see them just boil up and swirl away from you. It's like, oh, my God, how do I do that? And then, you know, sometimes you get them to eat, you toss back behind you, and boom, you're on. You know, it's just – but finding them is is the whole – like figuring out that puzzle is what to, as to what they want to see that particular day is just – it's amazing. It's so much fun. Whereas – Bulls are super fun, hard to find, especially on a kayak, um, harder to find on a kayak. But, man, when you find them, you throw anything in there, and they're on, you know? Right. Okay, well, uh, with these two, with the, all these citations, what were your biggest, like your biggest red and your biggest speck? Uh, biggest red is 52 inches, and biggest speck is still 
26 and a quarter. So I'm, I'm struggling trying to get to that 30 mark, like a couple of my friends have. So that, that, that 52, that was from your kayak? No, it was, um, off of Dan, my buddy Dan's boat. What's the biggest one you got on the compass? Uh, 46 and a half. That's still a pretty crazy. I, I can't even fish. imagine dragging 46 and a half inches. That's a sleigh ride. That's a sleigh ride. Guaranteed Truly, sleigh ride. It is, but it's, and to be quite honest with you, it's easier to land them on a, on a kayak. It's easier to fight them on a kayak. I mean, you're the natural drag of pulling you yep. around. Yep. Um, you don't have to rely so much on the gear that you have. You can go out there with a 2,500, you know, make sure you got enough line or not enough line, but, uh, you know, like 30, 40 pound line on there. Um, but dude, it's, it's easier to land. I mean, you get them near you, they're worn out and you just lip grip them and they just pull them over. It's amazing. I, I, I've been wanting to do it. I just haven't been able to make the time for it in the spring when they, when they show up in, in numbers. So Maybe next year's the year. Maybe next year's the year. I'll link up with you and we'll see if we can't make it happen. I know you told me we we could do it this year. It just got away from me. So yeah, no, I'm with you. Now is it is it not, is it an artificial game for you or yeah, do you hear all artificial? So no bait yeah. at all. No. Uh, is is it a sight fishing thing too? Like mostly, or does it come more a lot of blind casting? Um, it is patrolling the you know patrolling the area, looking at your sonar, looking for any kind of blip, and just and blind casting casting at the same time gotcha yeah. now you have i would imagine i'd imagine you have some pretty stellar electronics on your uh your kayak to to be able to to see those those blips there not really no? i've got to keep lower ants on there just you know regular sonar I, I know the day we we ran into you we were we were casting at every little mark that we saw and we just we just couldn't make it work i, I think uh yeah. you guys ended up finding fish later that day right later that day yeah, yeah. We bounced all, we went back into Lynn Haven, came back out to the bridge tunnel uh, later on that day for sheep's head. My buddy yeah. got like nine and a half pounder, which was his best, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a marathon that day. We tried for Kobe. It was a tough day for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of boats out there. So, you know, everybody was like plugging into their own little spot and moving all around. It was, it was tough for me to fish that, that way. Yeah. I like it when there's a little less people. I got used to the dark, so for sure for sure now I, I when i was out there it, it was just it was amazing to see the like you said the amount of people out there doing the same thing i think i think it was just a i don't think it was a weekday but I, but redfish radio was going on we, did, we didn't link up with any sure. fish that day. We tried for cobia. We saw a couple of them circling, circling pilings. We couldn't get them to eat. The water was dirty that day too. So it was just, yeah. it was just tough, but you know, we made the most of it. Now you, uh, we've talked about your, your, uh, your, your uh, kayak fishing for the redfish. Now, is there any tips you'd share for someone that's looking to target the bulls from, from their kayak? Like anything that you've learned that, Hey, this is the, this is the money way to go after these fish. And this is, this is what I've, I've found that has been my successful, you know, uh, details that I follow every time I go. This time of year, they're pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's some specific areas in the springtime that they're a little bit more concentrated. I'd, I'd start there and just patrol. I mean, you're literally just going up and down the coastline looking for them. Um, work out <laughs> make sure your legs are ready because you'll put some time in i mean that's one of the places that we did or i did like 15 you know 15 to 17 miles 
in yeah. a day and it was it's literally uphill going there and it's uphill going back because the tide is just so unpredictable at that point. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing more satisfying than finding them on a kayak, you know, because you've put so much time and effort into it. Sure. But as far as tips and tricks, it's really nothing more than put your time in and commit to it. Now, what, what kind of setup do you have to fish for those fish from your kayak? Like what kind of rod, reel and tackle are you using? uh surprisingly some a little bit lighter stuff i mean uh i snapped one of my favorite rods it was a uh a dc sticks it was totally my fault got under the boat and i couldn't get them on get them out and i put the wrong leverage on it snapped it in half but um i've got a new one being built this is what i'm using right now for all of them i mean it's like a medium heavy seven footer uh and this tiny little quantum actor the yeah. accurus yeah john skinner, the john skinner special <laughs> no fluke on this thing yet though <laughs> no but it, it it works fine just gotta be patient with it and that the types of uh terminal the lures and stuff you're using for them oh, there you go right there whoa ah i strike i strike dormador yep. that's it that's the secret Striper eye, one ounce and um the dormatadors now, do you have a certain tree or cadence that you really like that you find that really works? Yeah, you know, I am a slow, steady retrieve guy for the most slow, part. Steady retrieve. Okay. Slow, steady retrieve. If they're not biting on that, I'll add some bounces in there. And they'll typically, if that's what they're keying on, it's typically on the fall. As soon as I bounce it up on the fall, they, they snatch it up. Yeah, but other than that, I'll try to make slow, steady retrieve work every time. Make it actually swim instead of bouncing around like you know mm -hmm. not a fish <laughs> now what is a what is a typical uh fight on the kayak for a bull redfish how long does something like that typically play out uh depends on how much confidence you have in your gear uh to be quite honest with you you got the right line you got the right you know rod and you could do it in four or five minutes you know at the most uh sometimes depending on how big the thing is could last seven eight minutes I've never had it last that long. I think probably six, seven minutes is probably the longest I've had to fight a fish. Gotcha. Right. Well, since we're on that subject, since it's, we're in the summer doldrum, and it, well, we know the water is usually warm somewhat. I'm not sure how warm the water is down there, but um, like after a long seven, eight, nine minute fight on a bull red, because you know our channel is real big about conservationist. We mm -hmm. so usually how long do do they require a big revival? Like you know just um to uh, get them kicking and going again or, or are they kind of like they 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 still already have some stored energy that they can just take off oh I'll, I'll, whether they can take off or not i usually drag them around for a good two or three minutes okay make sure that they're kicking um pulling them forward and as soon as i feel them start to kick you know grab the tail shake out the lactic acids make sure that they're not going to cramp up as soon as i let them go and off they go I've never had one float up yet so very nice yeah Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you doing it the right way. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely appreciate you doing it the right way, man. There's yeah. a lot of guys they literally catch these big reds, throw them on their lap for a nice photo, and I just see them dump them overboard. I'm just like, guys, oh, that's this terrible. This thing yeah. is just gonna cramp up and float up within the next few minutes. Yeah, you see belly up all the time. Those big ones. Mm -hmm. no, no, we make sure we do it right. The last thing I want to do is kill a fish just for my enjoyment. Now, you said you haven't caught a Kobe yet. Do you have any plans to target them from the kayak yet? Or is that uh, yeah, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll go out there. 
Um, I'm just so stuck with big bulls right now. Yeah. It's re- it really is hard to turn away from them. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard there's a, there's a certain tip of a certain inlet that usually holds some really nice ones out there, man. You might be right. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> probably, you probably know which inlet I'm talking about, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some piece. I've seen some boats pick up some really nice fish off that tip. So, yeah. but I think I think in, I think it's still a uh, a bait bite. But you know, you get you could probably get lucky with a nice bucktail popping up and down. You might pick up one. I caught my first citation bull red last year off of that same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was Spanish fishing. <laughs> did, did you and did you have Spanish gear? Really I did. Super, super light. Oh, it wasn't nice. super light. Oh, um, okay. You know, I had uh, a 40 pound leader on because they just bite through that stuff so quickly. Yeah. Um, but I did catch my first citation bull, 46 and a half inches on a tiny little gotcha blood. Oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Man, that's insane. I saw the sonar and I taught it. I was like, wow, what's this? Toss it down, let it drop, and started working it. And it smashed it and off we went. So, uh, what's considered a citation down there in Virginia? In Virginia, for a, a red, it's forty-six inches. Forty-six inches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just made the cut on that one. <laughs> and this, the specs are twenty-four, right? That's right. Yeah, I've I've caught two right at twenty-four. One one there in Virginia Beach, and one in Ocean City, Maryland. That, those are my. That's my PB is twenty-four. So. Thanks. Yeah. I got really addicted to fishing for those fish like two years ago. So I, I, I understand like where you say, if you had to pick one, it would be yeah. the, the specs, but I'm surprised. Cause you say you can't get off the, the bulls. Like I'm surprised. Well, that's, who, that's who's in town right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so the specs leave my spots and go to spawn during the summertime. Yeah. So expect them to come back in the next month or, or month and a half or so. Yeah. We, I usually uh, will start targeting them again down there. Like, beginning of September. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So now we talked a little bit about this earlier. Your wife and your son fish. It's a it's a family event. The, the, what when you've all started, when your son came to you and said, "Dad, I really want to learn how to fish." Did you think it would turn into anything like this or was it just something where it was just like, "Okay, let's see if we can't figure this out?" No, I had no idea. So we all of a sudden the whole family's into it, you know? I mean, my wife is pissed off sometimes when I go, not because I'm out there, you know, leaving the family, but she's like, damn it. I, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Why you leave me here? Yeah. So her goal this year, she's like, you know, before it's over, you need to get me on a bull. You know, I need a bull. So you so, got to make that happen, right? Yeah, we'll make it happen. Happy so, wife, happy life. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> like, hey, you got to wake up early. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> So now, now there's so now does that mean there's three Hobie compasses in the garage or it's just still you? No, there are so when I when I made the Hobie team, I got the 2021 Outback. Mm-hmm. So there's the Outback and uh, the Hobie Compass and the Compass Duo. So we've got a, a tandem boat too with pedal drive. Okay, so so everyone's got a kayak. Oh yeah, technically. Absolutely. Yeah. And when so my wife and I will go out every once in a while. Um and we'll be in the, the duo, you know, both of us at the same time. It's just so much fun. Does, does it get competitive at all between the two of you? No, wow. not at all. Mm-mm. We're very supportive of each other. Nice. Nice. <laughs> off a little bit, just a little. 
So we went on a day date, right? Kid was in school. I, I took the day off and we went on the kayaks for a day date, go fishing. She got on, she found us a really solid spec bike. And I think she got a 21 out of the, you know, out of the little session and a couple of casts after that, I got, I got a 24 and a half or 24 and a quarter. Just out of nowhere, just like, wow, my wife found me a bite and I got a, I got a citation out of it. And you stole her citation is what you're saying. She was on the phone. so <laughs> <laughs> That's the excuse. She was, she wasn't paying attention. Well, you your wife talking to the school. <laughs> Has does she have any citations under her belt of any fish down there? No, not yet. Uh-uh. And she wants them too. She wants a bullet she wants a spec citation. So we'll get her on that. Uh, now speaking of citations, uh, Camden's been picking up a few, am I right? Uh he's gotten one. Yeah. The, the bull red, right? Yeah, you got it. His first citation, man. I mean, right. that's a heck of a first citation. Come heck on. Yeah. <laughs> he must have been pumped that day. Oh, dude, he got, he pulled up three of them. One, Dan hooked up on and handed him the rod. And then the other two, he hooked up on himself. Nice. So Very far nice. all the way in, it was amazing. Just Very nice. so cool watching him do it, you know? Yeah, there's nothing like it, man. I I, I love fishing with my son. My, yeah. my girls will fish too. My oldest is over it already. But my middle daughter, she'll do anything that I'm doing. So she'll follow me around. If I say I'm going to go like, pick apples she'll say daddy i'd love to pick apples hey, like, let's it'd be, pick apples <laughs> it'd be, it'd be whatever, whatever i want to do she would be like right there with me but my son he's the one that really is into it so like like for example that 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 picture of the citation camden picked up he and i were looking at that he's like daddy you think i i can you think i can get something like that i said i don't see why not we just got to get you down there in front of him that's all totally we, but we took him out the, this la uh, last week um for his birthday and he fell asleep on the boat while while we were trying to get him some some sheep's head and some other fish. So he he's got he's got he's got to get his sea legs under him a little bit. He, he had a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun getting him out there. And he's good with the boat. He didn't have any issues getting sick or anything like that. So that was a good test for him. Now it's now it's game on. Cam got sick his first time we went out. Um, it was last year, and I was worried. He was. So he tells me this year, I've been catching a bunch of bulls. And he said, look, you're not allowed to catch any more bulls, Dad, until I get one. So I was like, oh, man. Son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I even snuck out once and got some and, and didn't share it with him. But anyway, the, the following trip, once we got it all, you know, schedules all set up, took him out there. And it was a bit of a rough ride out, but he was having a blast with it. I mean, my, me and my old back, you know, we're going up. Boom! Ah, ah, and he's just squealing, he's like wee, he's having a blast. With it. He's like he's nine years old, so he's a little you know rubber band at the moment. But yeah, yeah he he did well. He's like, and I was like, if you're if you feel sick, just throw up right here. No worries. Just like okay. <laughs> and I thought he was gonna, but he 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 powered right through it. As soon as we started catching, he was perfectly fine. Can't beat that. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any future trips planned with Camden to kind of get him a little bit more uh, into the sport? Yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as the specs start coming in, we'll we'll go out. So here's a, here's his goal. His goal is to catch a big. Um, uh, he wants a snakehead as well, and a bowfin, and more than anything, he wants a carp. Okay. A carp. okay. So we got to go figure that out, and that's that's all kind of sitting around waiting but hey whatever you guys got both down there in virginia um yeah. 
we have them up here, but in Maryland, they're not there. So if we went snakehead fishing, we couldn't do both in one shot unless you came up here because, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you guys want to do some snakehead fishing. Let's plan I mean, that. Sure. I mean, look, if, if they can set aside a father and son weekend, man, they can shoot up. It's only a five hour ride from Virginia up here. Yeah, for sure. Dan can put you guys on a snake and, and both invite. And then next day hop on the boat. Me, I'll take you guys out for like a top water striper bite all most mornings and then uh maybe we'll drop occasionally look for a uh a jersey unicorn i'm not i'm not dropping the name on it but we're gonna find you a jersey <laughs> unicorn. are you talking about a jersey redfish he gets plenty of those come on yeah no no we're not talking about jersey redfish that's on my goal list not his he's got bulls already <laughs> uh, uh we're gonna we're looking for the other unicorn the striped version yeah i got you <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like I said, if you guys can set up a, a, a father and son date, like weekend trip, you know, Dan's yeah. got you guys covered. Just let me know in advance. I'll set, I'll set something up on the boat. We'll get out there and get you guys on the flats and try to find you guys some fish. That'd be awesome. But on the flip side, if you don't want to make the trip all the way up here, we could get you on the Eastern shore, Maryland over, over that way. And uh, we can get into those snakeheads pretty heavy over there. They're, they're, they're big and they're all over the place down there. I've had days where I've caught, 60 fish in two hours without even moving on foot you're kidding dude nope yeah that sounds like an easy easy ride up easy, <laughs> easier not, ride than five it's not that i mean it, it's not that easy fishing there are some kayak launches but they fill up quick so it's just something that has to be very well planned and yeah. I, i'm down for it for sure i've never i've never actually fished for snakeheads on my kayak it's always been on foot alone so no kidding it's something i want to do too so I guess I guess what I'm more worried about is getting my kayak in all that mucky water that those things live in. Yeah, I don't want to do that either, but I'll do it for them. The, the biggest thing is like navigating through that with the pedals and everything. I always wondered how that I'd probably have to paddle it, which that's a, another great thing about the compass is it's a very paddable, paddleable kayak. Yeah. If that's a word, I think I just made yeah. that up. But yeah, the, the Outback's the same. I mean, yeah. It's very, very similar. Super I, I just love i love the uh the lightweight i think it's what 68 pounds on rigged or something the compass is I, I can just throw it up on the on the roof and good to go super easy yeah the the outback is heavier but i've got a system in play i mean you just lob it over and then pop it on and it's done i don't take anything off of it except for the the pedal drive of course yeah you said you had you said you have a bad back i do too so i have that compass that compass loader i i don't i load it upside down like like they, uh, they recommend just for the aerodynamics. And then I, I have a system now where I've got it to where I'm about loaded up and rigged up in about five minutes. So that's not nice. too bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And I saved my back a little bit until I get on that, that seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm old. I'm old. I'm not doing all that. I'm just going to back my trailer over my boat up and just go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're all team Hobie. I mean, I'm, team, I'm team Hobie myself, too, so, but... <laughs> My, my, Hobie, got my, my Hobie's got horsepower in the back. <laughs> <laughs> when did they stop making those things? Uh, they started making them in 85. In 87 was the last one made by Hobie. Okay. And then they sold them. They sold the mold to another company, uh, Omni. Omni built it to like 90, 91. And after they closed down, they started selling the molds to everybody. And they, people just bought them and remade the molds. Yeah. Uh, the actual uh, Hobie power skiff that I own is there. There they were designed to tow uh, surfers like you out into big, uh, big swells, like ten foot, twelve foot swells. You know what I mean? 
to uh, to drop you guys off and then pick you guys up. So that's yeah. exactly what they built them for because we got like two and a half inch, three inch scuppers on our decks. So we could take the biggest swell over and the water just flows right out the back. We keep going. Nice. So, I mean, I've, I've rolled that through like four or five foot swells out in the open ocean. You know, I've taken off, I've taken it out 20, 20 miles offshore. It's only yeah. a, it's only a 15 foot skiff, but it'll, it'll eat, eat waves like nothing. I've seen a couple of those things on sale or for sale in marketplace on Facebook. I'm like, yeah. They're, uh, they're really fun boats. I mean, especially if you ever thought about getting boats, they're not, you know, they're not super high maintenance. They're great. You know, just like say you and your son, I mean, they're good for three people too, but like if it's a two person with like the perfect boat, it gets into like eight inches of water, nine inches of water. And pretty much, I mean, they're, they're fun. They're not, they're not expensive. You know, they're, they're cheap. You get the right one. It's just a fun, you know, one day when you guys want to just upgrade from kayaks and don't feel like pedaling, you know, get throw everybody on the boat and just move around. Yeah. Well, plan is to have that too. Yeah. <laughs> They still stay Team Hobie, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but if but if you call Hobie with any problems with it, they're like, we never even heard of it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of it even until I saw it on on Marketplace. I was like, what is this thing? It's yeah. insane. They yeah, make everything a, else. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird cult that we have, you know, like this. It, it's it's a small cult of followers and groups of Hobie Power Skills, but we just we, we stick together, and it's just it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they can say they're Team Hobie without really being Team Hobie. Right, exactly. I, I days I want to reach out to Hobie like, hey guys, you guys have a um, a Hobie Powerscope fishing team? <laughs> a what? <laughs> a what? <laughs> I'm like we make boats. <laughs> All right, Medell. So this is where we kind of wrap things up. You know, it's been it's been incredible talking to you. It's you're you're an amazing fisherman i love following you and your family and everything it's it's probably one of my favorite follows my my son as well we sit back and just go through all the pictures of you and your son and your wife and we 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 love it so uh, you're very very down to earth very wholesome which is and and you're conservation friendly which is something that we we love on our channel here so is there any uh, any anything you care to share plug i know we're we're both team eye strike so we're going to talk about eye strike obviously oh absolutely yeah and then obviously the Hobie fishing team. And then you mentioned uh, where you bought your kayak from. You're on that team as well. Any, anything yeah. else you care to plug while you uh, out here? I, I appreciate everybody's support. Um, I'm on Salty Crew as well, brand ambassador for Salty Crew. Um, I strike, obviously. That's the most recent um, addition, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, being part of that family is amazing. Dave oh, is sure. awesome. Everybody on the crew is awesome. Um, great outdoor provisions has been really helpful and get me out there and get me fixed up when i need it um dan over at dc sticks has been incredible he's built some incredible rods for me and and just i love his stuff yeah i might reach out i might reach out to dan to get him on because we have not had like a rod builder on here yet so that would be a good guy to, to have a chat with plus he's a great fisherman too i follow him and he's always into the fish himself so oh that dude's unreal he's pretty much the dude i fish with the most yeah. yeah, not anybody around here. Yeah, uh, I, I obviously I saw you guys motoring around that a couple weeks ago, and that seeing you both in the same place, it makes sense. So, yeah. Well, Medell, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for uh, hopping on. Um, you can find Medell at Cloud Break Mods on Instagram. Um, his son is Adventure Camden on Instagram. Both excellent follows. Um, again, Medell is great. He's uh, he's very conservation friendly, which is something we like here on on Tide Chasers. And he's an incredible fisherman. 
Medell, thank you for joining us. We're going to stay on, but uh, we just wanted to thank you for hopping on, man. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. No, great to chat with you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. We'll catch up soon, and I'll, I'll, we'll have the link up here soon. Absolutely. All right, Medell. We'll talk to you. Take right, see you later, bud. Have a good night, man. You too. All right. Whew. That guy. That guy is just covered in big fish, man. Yeah, I, I checked out his Instagram. It's uh, yeah, he's for what do you say, two years, right, or three? Two and a half years. He's been fishing from the kayak essentially in the salt. That is insane. The amount like, of big. It's like it's like, hey, guess what? Two years, I'm gonna specialize in bull reds only, and like, he slays bull reds. Like that's like his yes. thing. It's just like I think he, I think he might have done like forty some citation specs last year too. He's I think he, what do he say? He had twelve or fourteen already this year. Yeah, the, the dude is just he's a big fish magnet. He's a good dude, very conservation friendly, which obviously we love. Yep, and uh, and and he's 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 young in the sport, man. I mean. He, greenhorn man he's practically he's technically a, a greenhorn we 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 pretty much can like by age wise fishing experience we lap him yeah like we lapped him laps. multiple laps man quadruple laps but you know what he still got us on those big fish man my son's been fishing longer than he has right but like dude his like, I, have, I, I haven't followed his son yet i'm probably gonna look him up right after this on instagram but like just his dad's pretty he's a fishy dude you know like he but he's right, you know, like, even though it's only been two years, but he's put the amount of work equal to about 10 years of a regular fish. Oh, sure. I mean, like, he, like you said, he focuses on it, he plans his day, and he executes and he commits to it. That's the only way a fisherman can be good is this. You have to make your plan and you have to commit to it. Don't bail out. No, no guaranteed every day is a good fish day. And you know that and I know that. Yep. You know, like if you, you're not going to go out and slay fish every day. You, you may go one day and slay a hundred fish. Next day you're going to go out, you skunk. You know what I mean? But that's the name of the game. You know, it's fishing. If, if it was easy, that easy, we call it catching. Right. You know, so put it in, like, put in your time, put in your work and you'll get rewarded sooner or later. You will get rewarded, you know, but that's the reward of the day is more of, Hey, I went out, I fished this area. I learned it. I, I just don't commit to the same pattern, then you'll never learn anything. So just change things don't work, change up. Things don't work, change up. You'll you'll figure it out. Just put your mind to it and just commit to it and you'll get you'll be better, you know. And if not, then reach out to someone to help. Reach out to one of us. You know, we'll we know we're not we're not pro staffs or pro fishermen of anything, but we will give you advice on what we know and what we can help with. Well, both of us have been fishing since we were kids, man. So yeah. we have a lot of years under our belt. I, I'll never sit back and say that I'm an expert in anything because nope. I'm not. However, I've put a lot of time in. I have a lot of knowledge and I'm always willing to share it in the right um, in the right setting. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to obviously put it out in public all the time. However, if someone reaches out to me and has a genuine question on how to do this or what to do or where to go or what. I'm always going to help, you know, that's, that's yeah. just, that's just the kind of person I've turned into, you know, I used to keep my, my secrets close to the vest. And as I'm getting older, I want to, I want to help the new generation do it right. So obviously I try and give, you know, as much good information as I can to kind of push them in the right direction, as opposed to picking them up and planning them in a, in a spot. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we've been, this, this whole podcast has been about, you know, it's just helping listeners and anglers become better fishermen and anglers. Um, yeah. I mean, as of lately, yeah, we, there's, subjects that we're real touchy about lately but you know like we're still 
give you advice on it. We try to help you guys as much as possible, but like, you know, it's like the only thing we can ever ask for you guys, you know, listeners out there is if, if you're going to get into the sport, just practice, just in your own mind, practice as conservationists. You know, we're not saying, Hey, don't kill a single fish. No, we're not that type of people. You know, if your family loves fish like Dan's family, you know, bringing, bringing fish home on the table is perfectly fine, but it's just practice selective fishing, you know, selective harvesting and just do it. And, you know, pick up trash, clean, keep our waters clean. You know what I mean? So, so you drive, so, so you're walking down the beach and, there's a bottle there. It ain't yours. You didn't throw it there, but you know what? Throw it in your book bag, you know, throw it in your bucket, bring it back to a trash. You know what I mean? There it's, it's just, it's just something responsible as a fisherman that we feel that we should keep the waterways and the environment as clean as possible. You know, there's people, you know, for every pack of trash we pick up five people might toss more, but you know what? That one piece of trash won't end up in the water. So. Yeah. I always bring like a Wawa bag with me and keep it folded up in the pocket, you know, cause I can't, I can't, uh, I can't put it in my backpack because I have that thing packed to the gills. But, you know, on my way out, I fill that bag up every time. That, that's that's the goal, right? We always want to mm-hmm. leave it better than, than we when we came in. You know, you, you talk about someone like Medell and you wonder, like, if his son never had the interest in learning how to fish, would we not be blessed with this guy's content? You know, that that's no. the thing I, I think about, like, he may never even started fishing if his son wasn't into it. And that's crazy. Like that dude is a killer fisherman. Exactly. And that's, you know, the, like, I, like we said, that's the reason, you know, YouTubers, um, educators, you know, then, you know, guys like us on podcasts is we start these things and we help give out information is that's, that's our main goal for the future is for anglers like, um, Medell's son, Camden, you know what I mean? He, he fast all YouTube it interests him. And he wants to be a fisherman. So he asks his dad. So his dad, like, okay, well, it's my son. Since he wants to learn it, I'm going to teach him. Now, he knew nothing about it. So he did the same thing, scour YouTube. You know, what if he, what if he happened to come over our podcast in the last two, three years, and then he just heard about this, you know? Yeah. And it, it helps him out, and it helps him help his son get into a sport. And, you know, what they, what, what's going on in the world nowadays um, for kids, it's better to – keep them occupied with something very interesting and a very good hobby than, than just to let them wander on their own and go down the wrong path. You know what I mean? Or even throwing electronics in their face and calling it a day. Like, exactly. You know, you know I mean, it's, it's, your, your virtual parent. Yeah. It, it's get the kids outside, you know, like um, for me and Dan, we were kids growing up. Where did we spend most of our days outside? I was outside every single day. I, I, you know I mean? wake up, do my chores, and I would be back at dark every single day. Yep, same thing. I'd be out going to school. As soon as I get home, go home, do my schoolwork, right outdoors. You know, whether it be playing sports, fishing, whatever it may be. You know, it's just you know, we were. I was never indoors. You know, what I mean, it's just, and I think that's something kind of wrong with the generation nowadays. You know, either they have a phone plugged up to their face, a computer plugged up to their face, video games, iPads. You know, every everywhere we go it's just like this generation is just losing the outdoorsy kind of like you know fun outside and it's just it's more enjoyable i think there's there's so much happening around you if you just take the moment to to take it in and you know sit back and watch and listen 
I do that, especially when I'm fishing. I, every time I roll up to a fishing spot, I just stop, you know, I just stop and I listen. Like, like Madel was saying, like, it's amazing in the dark, the things you hear and you notice that you don't in the daytime, like it kind of, it kind of focuses your energy into, uh, to just the, the minute details. Right. You can do that anytime, you know, you could, you, I, I try to focus myself every time, whether I'm walking up onto a beach, I'm looking for different cuts. I'm looking for different sounds. I'm looking mm-hmm. for birds feeding. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. Like there's, there's so much happening around you that if you're sucked into your electronics all day long, you're missing a lot. You're missing life happening around you essentially. Yeah. And for, for like adults like us that love the sport as much as we do, you know, when we see uh, a child, you know, pick up a rod and, you know, like the other day I went out with Dan and his family, you know, his father-in-law and his son, Lucas. And then like his son literally just wanted to do everything himself, you know? with the rods he wanted like to me that I, I saw my younger self in him just like you know i want to hold the rod i want to catch my own fish i want to reel it in you know I me mean, that's pretty much me he he went hard all day until the end of the day and he, he was just wiped listen i wanted to lay down and take a nap next to him but i mean he put, i also he, want to catch those last few fish too. yeah but he put in his time and he, he went yeah. hard you know he tried yeah. his best and that it just it's it's I love I love it, man. I I love it watching the next generation picking up where we left off. You know, and Absolutely. in the end, that's our goal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Preserve this generation, preserve the fishery for that generation as they grow. That's it. So with that being said, everybody go follow Adventure Camden. That kid loves getting feedback on his uh on his fishing content. He's a good little fisherman too. So it's a worthwhile follow. And obviously uh Medell at Cloudbreak Mods on Instagram. You know, we, we really appreciate everybody that's tuning in. We, we obviously took a, uh, a risk last week in talking about what we talked about. However, it's something that was very, uh, uh, very important to us. So we decided that it was something that was necessary. You know, I think the bulk of our listeners really took it the right way and, and uh, we got some good feedback from it. So, you know, there's, there's going to be some hard conversations we'll have at certain points with, you know, certain things along the way. And, you know, we just we just felt it was our time to speak up and uh, talk about something that we may have we may have exacerbated ourselves by by giving all this information out. So, you know, we, we won't we'll keep it light going forward unless we have something else like that come up. But yeah, I mean, this is what this is what we do. We, we love talking to, to great fishermen and we love conservation and we love fishing. So that's what it's all about. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again to another episode of Tide Chasers. Um, you can follow us at Tide Chasers Podcast on Facebook, and then we're at Tide underscore Chasers. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Waypoint TV. You can find us on there as well. A lot of the smart TVs come preloaded with the Waypoint TV app as well. So re- give us a listen, tune in, you know, share and like our con- our, our content and, and help us grow the channel. You know, that's that's the thing. We're trying to get, get our our ourselves out to a a greater audience and we can only do that you know with your help so we really appreciate everybody tuning in and continuing to support us and and so on and we got some exciting things coming forward you know we're going to start getting into the video portion of things and we're going to we're going to take the channel up a notch and you know probably talk about doing some merchandise down the road and we'll see how this goes but we're really excited to continue this journey and and you know connect our listeners to to each other and then uh charter captains and bait makers and tackle shops and so it's all about just getting everybody excited you know i walked into 
um, tight lines beta tackle who we did a, uh, a podcast with. And he said, man, we've, we've been getting a lot of people coming in saying, we listen to your show. So that, that's what we're looking for. We're just looking to, you know, to get, get the information out there and, and, and give people content that, that that's not available anymore. You know, there's not a whole lot of good podcasts out there fishing in our area. So that's what we're here for. Yep. Just exactly what Dan said, guys. Um, you know, and even out there for those listeners out there, guys, um, shop owners, rod builders, plug builders, jig builders, whatever you may be, you guys um, reach out to us, you know, like, you know, we're here. We just want to help our local community, our local areas. I mean, even outside our local areas, you know, just come, you know, come, come on, shoot me or Dan a message and just, you know, tell us why, why you want to be on the podcast. You know, it's long, you know, be interesting, put your product out there, let the world listen. You know, we, we don't, we don't, pretty much keep ourselves to one product no we like we're very open-minded and we love hearing about new products and stuff like that and we don't mind destination like um like right now i'm in key west you know i'm taking a little vacation i'm down here you know i'm, I'm hunting for the silver king snooks permits stuff like that you know tomorrow will be my first day out but um i stopped into a local fly shop it was three blocks away from my resort walked in you know nice girl behind the counter, you know, talk to her a little bit and she fly fishes. Like, you know, finding women that fly fish is super rare. So talk to her about a little bit about it, you know, and then she was, she's really down for it. So, you know, might be something in the future. I'm going to reach out to the, uh, the owner of the fly shop tomorrow morning and um, see if they're interested. You know I mean? Like I said, every local shop deserves to be put out there and because we're just in the business to help you guys. That's all. So reach out to us and let us help you guys. And just because it's a fly shop in Florida doesn't mean they can't sell products to people up here, you know? Nope. So that, that's the idea. Like we're, 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 our goal is to make this mutually beneficial for the folks that are on our, our on our channel. You know, we want to, we want to make sure that we're getting them out there and, and putting them in front of more people as well, because everybody has a goal with this, right? Not everybody's doing this just, just for fun. There's other people that are doing it, trying to get on pro teams and there's other people that are trying to do this and do that or become a guide or become this or become that, you know, that's the goal. We want to make sure it's, it's uh, beneficial to the, the folks that are coming on here with us as well. And so far it has been, we've gotten great feedback from everybody that's been on saying, Hey, you know, I got people coming up to me saying, I, I heard you here and I want to book with you and this and that. Listen, that that's what, that's what it's all about for us. We, we love that. That's, that's exactly what our hope was when we started this was that. So thanks again, everybody. Again, reach out if you want to be a guest or if you know somebody that makes sense. It does not have to be our local area. However, you know, that's that's our that's our focus. Um, and, you know, just just keep tuning in. We, we're going to give you some good content. We promise you that. Yeah, most definitely. Once again, Dan, already mentioned our, all our platforms. Come on, follow us, uh, follow our local handles. You know, me, me and Dan, when we get into a chance to fish, we'll put up some really nice content. You know, but besides that, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, it was once again a wonderful episode. Uh, we'd like to, once again we'd like to thank Medell for coming on, um, and also Dan Yufunio for reaching out to him. You know, been friends with him for a while, and it's you know we just like to bring great fishy dudes, you know, or girls, on just to you know help be very interesting. We want to know backstories of people, but um, it was a great night. Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Um, Besides that, have a great night. Tight lines. Tight lines, everybody. Thank you so much.